Hey there, internet friends, and welcome to That D Plus Show. Class is in session for the only show from That Nerdy Site that lets you know what kind of quality to expect right from the name. I'm your host, Trevor Starkey, and each week we sit down with a guest to talk about a Disney Plus offering of their choosing. This show is made possible entirely by the support of our patrons over at patreon.com slash thatnerdysite. So if you like the show and can support us over there, we would, of course, definitely appreciate it. But if you can't, no big deal. The fact that you're listening is awesome, and we would greatly appreciate it if you could like subscribe rate review and share with your friends everywhere possible joining me today we have frank bazani back how you doing frank good how are you doing doing all right doing all right uh you know i got to catch up a little bit over this last week uh while you were out here both of us under you know unfortunate circumstances but um it was good seeing you recently uh, and i'm glad we can kind of reconvene here uh, and and chat about the movie of the day uh which i don't think either of us actually suggested i think it was actually a cameron suggestion but he wasn't able to make it in the uh, uh, at the last minute uh, but we're gonna be talking today about up up and away um this kind of came out as a pick when we were having our our team meeting basically um uh last sunday i think um I, th- I think it was Cameron. Am I remembering that correctly, or was it you that had brought this to the table, Frank? I think I had originally mentioned it, uh, but Cameron was definitely like fully on board with like uh, remembering this as like a classic. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, and and Cameron was going to join us, but based on when we sat down to record, uh, we just couldn't. Uh, the schedule didn't line up. So um, he has provided some thoughts that we will uh, we will share a little bit later. Um, but uh, in in absence of him, I'll toss it to you, Frank, in terms of why why pick this show? What what about it um, uh, kind of jumped out at you as a uh, uh, that D plus show? So like this is another one of the like obviously one of the Disney Channel original movies and it's one of the ones I had seen a few times growing up and the one of the one things I had always loved about this movie is the fact that it was like superhero related like obviously like loved superheroes when I was a kid and off the top of my head this is the only like Disney original that involves like superhero related things as far as I can think um and that's definitely like I think what like attracted me to this movie and in terms of kind of wanting to go back and revisit it, I was curious because obviously this is probably going to sound like a weird comparison, but after like Sky High and even like My Hero Academia, like this is kind of like a weirder, cheaper version of those. So I think it's interesting to go back and revisit because it's technically like older before those two. Yeah, yeah, certainly. And that's I think one of the things we were talking about was maybe sky high but we found out um that sky high due to like pre-existing licenses or whatever is not available on disney plus yet uh it'll be coming to disney plus at the end of the year um yeah i want to say december 1st is when the, the the splash page for it on disney plus says it'll be available so i think right now it's on netflix maybe um or it's certainly on one of the other streaming platforms that's why it's not on disney plus but um, that was kind of like uh, that was in the same conversation. And yeah, I think that, I think there is an element of, you know, superheroes being kind of all the craze now. And, uh, and this was very much pre any of that for the most part, there were probably a couple of smattering of, of, uh, superhero movies that had started like really launching around that same time. But I mean, I remember 2000 being like X-Men was when that really took off and all that stuff. So uh, and then obviously the MCU wouldn't start for another eight years um, in uh, uh, in 2008. So uh, yeah, this this very much is a uh, kind of a, a movie out of time almost um, 
based on just when it came out. Because um, as uh, as we dive into the history lesson, this was originally released as a Disney Channel original movie on January twenty second, two thousand. Um, uh, it has a nice brisk runtime of an hour and seventeen minutes per Disney Plus. If you look at the IMDb page, it rounds it up to an hour and a half. I'm guessing that's for like the commercial breaks and stuff. In the Disney Channel original movie timeline of things, that puts this movie between Horse Sense, uh, which was November 20th, 1999, a movie I've not heard of, but I'm sure we will, somebody will <laughs> want to dive into at some point, uh, and The Color of Friendship, which I feel like I remember hearing that title, but also that seems like a very easily parodied title, so uh, I don't know uh, if I've actually seen that proper movie. But that came out February 5th, two thousand. Um, branching out a little bit wider, this puts it uh, between like bigger names like Johnny Tsunami and Smart House, which came out in mid-1999, and uh, our our movie from last week's episode, I believe, Phantom of the Megaplex, which was uh, our kind of end of 2000 uh, is when that one came out. Um, looking at the roll call and the who's who of this uh, of this film, you have director and star Robert Townsend. Um, he plays uh, Bronze Eagle uh, as as well as uh, directed this film. Uh, prior to this, um, I remembered him. I don't think I ever actually like saw the movie in theaters, but I feel like it's a movie I saw like on you know your TNTs or TBSs or something growing up. A movie called Meteor Man uh, from 1993, which he was the writer, director, and star of. Um, so kind of, again, uh, that in that superhero vein, uh, meteor man was about a, uh, like a meteor came down, struck this guy, gave him superpowers that like, he doesn't have a kryptonite in that. It's just the powers wear off over time. Um, and he has to get like recharged throughout the movie, uh, but it was still like, especially for 1993, um, uh, very novel to see like, um, you know, African-American centric film about superheroes and stuff. Um, he was also uh, the creator and star of the series, uh, four season series, The Parenthood, um, from 1995 to 1999, which was basically like leading right up into this um, again in 2000. And then he has most recently he's been a director for a couple episodes of Black Lightning, kind of keeping it in the superhero uh, vein of things. Uh, writer Dan Berenson, you might remember from our episode a couple, uh, a few weeks back of Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff. He was the writer of that as well. Um, and he also, before that, had done some episodes of Sabrina the Teenage Witch, including uh, some of kind of the, you know, event TV movie episodes of Sabrina Goes to Rome and Sabrina Down Under. Uh, and then also. As we touched on Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff and Halloween Town High and the other movies that we discussed back in uh, the Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff. Episode. Was he also the one that was involved with Undressed? Was that no, him? no, that was one of the other writers on that movie. Um, yeah, this this guy was this guy was the like the PG version of the bunch kind of thing. Um, yeah, uh, and that was this was the admittedly like the last one I remembered to go in and fill in because like I I put down the director and who was in it and then I put down the starring and who was in it. I was like, oh crap, I didn't I didn't go back and like attach um, Dan Berenson and it wasn't until like looking that up right before that I I put two and two together that he had also done uh, Eddie's Million Dollar Cookoff. Um, so, yep, same same guy. Our first uh, uh, probably our first like repeat offender, <laughs> um, so to speak. Uh, I'm a big fan of his work. I'm glad I could bring him to the table twice. <laughs> yeah, 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 clearly. Um, you, you just, he, he's, his voice 
speaks to you. Um, uh, in terms of the stars of this, uh, obviously Robert Townsend there playing Bronze Eagle um, uh, and and all the things that he'd been involved in that I already mentioned. Um, kind of I, like I really appreciate uh, this is one of the things that we'll dive into maybe a little bit more in terms of like the the things I liked about this movie. But like I appreciate that he seems to really have been on the forefront of trying to celebrate like african-americans as superheroes and like create that as an image um that that like you know nerdy african-american kids can see growing up um that just kind of jumped out at me is between uh meteor man and this certainly um as as kind of like uh, a couple of projects that he really was the you know a spearhead on um you have michael j pagan playing scott the kind of star character of of the film uh who had done how stella got her groove back prior to this and then he was later in the gridiron gang uh you have alex datcher as the mom slash warrior woman character who had done a tv series for a season called good behavior with uh sherman hemsley who's also featured in this um and she hasn't done too much recently um her her imdb page is pretty sparse following um uh, following this project and maybe a couple others in the early 2000s uh sherman hemsley is probably the biggest star of this film um uh, having played uh the iconic george jefferson character from all in the family and then into the jefferson's series back in the uh, the 70s and 80s um he's playing steel condor here and as i mentioned he had also been uh, a series he'd done a series with uh, with his daughter-in-law i guess in this uh film um so that was a a cool little thing and he certainly he fit i feel like the mickey rooney role uh, <laughs> that we had in uh, phantom of the megaplex um of like established star coming in kind of like lending this credence not that robert townsend wasn't a star as well um in, in this but uh sherman hemsley was very much like the you know the stunt casting kind of like older uh, uh superhero character so i thought that was a uh, you know, an interesting choice when, cause I didn't look too much into this when I was going into it. So when he popped up on screen, I was like, Oh, Hey, very cool. He's uh, a highlight for me though, too. Like, like, I think he's like one of my favorite parts of the entire movie. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you have Kevin Connolly playing Malcolm, um, who uh, is probably best known these days as Eric E. Murphy from Entourage. Um, and this was admittedly like one of his earlier, roles but he had prior to this um been a regular on a series that i like had completely forgotten about until looking this up a series called unhappily ever after which was a very married like children type sitcom from the uh the mid to late 90s uh and the whole like gimmick slash hook of it i remember being um that the the dad character was like a schizophrenic and his other personality took the form of like a, a stuffed rabbit voiced by Bobcat Goldthwait. Um and in his kind of very iconic um, uh, voice. Also, Nikki Cox was uh, an actress in this who was like the like redhead bombshell archetype that I remember, you know, middle school to high school age Trevor had a crush on growing up kind of thing. Um, but Kevin Connolly, uh, kind of in that, this seems to have been more or less his first like larger role, uh, and, and, you know, standout kind of role outside of some, uh, some smaller things. Um, so I thought that was, uh, interesting to just see him and then where he has, where his career has gone on into, uh, and then a couple others that I want to shout out, Chris Marquette and Jamie Renee Smith, who are uh, Scott's friends, Randy and Amy, respectively. Chris Marquette um, had done a lot of like little one-off 
sitcom-y type things before this. Um, but I recognized him from the movie Fanboys about um, uh, fanboys trying to go see uh, the the Phantom Menace mm-hmm. before it released. Um, kind of a in a not even a, not a docudrama kind of thing, but like a, a comedy in the vein of a documentary. Um, uh, and uh, Chris Marquette played Linus in that, who is the, um, the, he's the one with cancer that like the friends are all doing this voyage to try and go see it bef- because they don't think he's going to have time. They don't think he's going to be around long enough to see the Phantom Menace. Uh, and then he was also in, uh, most recently in the first season of the TV show, Barry. Um, he plays, uh, uh, Bill Hader's like military buddy who, um, Bill Hader ends up, or Barry ends up having to kind of like tragically kill, um, because he sees Barry's hitman lifestyle of things and, and stuff. Um, and I was like, oh yeah, that was, that was definitely the same guy aged up 20 years. Um, and then Jamie Ray Smith, uh, immediately followed this uh with the airbud entertainment presents mvp most valuable primate do you remember anything about that movie uh uh frank very vaguely i definitely i've never seen it but i feel like i remember that being like the trailer in front of like vhs tapes or like dvds when i was a kid like that was never one of the ones i bought but i think it was like a pre-roll for other ones yeah if if you had to guess um without remembering maybe what sport the most valuable primate uh plays in this airbud type movie what would you guess oh man i'm trying to remember because off the top of my head i wanted to say it was uh it was basketball again but then i think they might have mixed it up so i think it might be like soccer or something <laughs> this was actually hockey ice oh. hockey yeah uh he's, he's out there playing ice hockey uh, and and uh, J- Jamie Ritney Smith was uh, one of the human co-stars in that film <laughs> one of the kids um, that gets kicked off the team so that the monkey can join pro- probably <laughs> something like that or i think she probably played the uh, like the the friend to the monkey uh, and kind of support and champion of the monkey cuz she probably was not on the team unless um uh, it was a co-ed team. I don't know. I've not actually seen it. I'm just going off purely off of like the trailer and the, uh, the original, like the images for that movie that, that popped up. But yeah, I like the concept that they're just like, Oh no, we can't have girls on the team. Cause that's against the rules, but monkeys, it doesn't specifically state anything about that. <laughs> very true. Very true point. Yeah. I just love that. Like, uh, I, the thing that it, like amused me most about that was the Airbud entertainment presents, uh, kind of like, it was definitely like we don't want you to think this is a ripoff of Airbud because we know it's a ripoff of Airbud. We're the ones ripping it off and just taking that that gimmick of like a sports playing animal and turning it into a, another movie. Um, so yeah, that, that was the uh, the last little one I wanted to highlight out there. Um, don't have I couldn't like IMDb did not have any trivia to pull for this one, and I didn't dive into like the deeper recesses of the internet. Uh, outside of like the the thing that really jumped out to me was you know it was um I thought it was very interesting that uh, Robert Townsend, having done Meteor Man, um, kind of came back and did uh, another African American centric superhero movie um, here uh, a handful of years later. Um, so does it hold up? Uh, what do you, what did you think? Um, I have Cameron's thoughts here as well, but uh, I'll dive into you first, Frank. What did you think of this movie? Uh, you know, like, I don't think it's like terrible, but I definitely, I, it's hard for me to say like it holds up. Uh, like I don't even remembering it, like uh, trying to remember how I felt about it before. 
I, I think like, I definitely liked it, but I don't remember it being like amazing, you know, if that makes sense. But looking, even going back to it now, it's just like, it's even like, it is worse than I remember, but I still don't think it's like terrible. I think there's even much worse, like Disney originals, even probably like the, the one about like horse sense, you know? Yeah. 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 I, uh, this, this is the first time I remember seeing this one. Like I, I was certainly like watching Disney channel original movies around this era and stuff, but, um, I do not really recall this one. I don't know if I wasn't, you know, big into superheroes at the time or, or what was the case but um like this this felt new to me and and felt largely unfamiliar um and i like i had been i had been set up with the idea i think cameron had tweeted in or had had messaged in our slack channel before i sat down and watched it like oh this does not hold up i I, you know i i regret picking this or whatever i don't think he said that specifically but he, he definitely like alluded to the fact that it doesn't hold up and so i went in kind of like with very low expectations as a result of that and i walked away i was like yeah it was fine it's yeah it's not a great movie um but again especially for like the time period that this takes place in and a Disney channel, original movie budget kind of thing. It's like, it's fine. It's, it's more or less what I would expect, um, from, from some of that stuff. Uh, um, what Cam said in particular is, uh, this movie has not aged well at all. Despite the poor material and incredible talent, such as Robert Townsend and Sherman Hemsley, uh, it fails on a contextual and graphical level. One thing I do admire, however, is the strong story structures it sets up and then duly follows through with. In the first five minutes, we're introduced to the kryptonite of the superheroes, and although it's never brought up why, the consistency is something to appreciate. Anyways, this feels like an introduction that the quality of work in my childhood is not nearly as good as I remember, and on many levels, that kind of hurts. Up, up, and away gets a small woof from me. Uh, so Cameron, uh, yeah, thinking that uh, definitely he had been looking back on this movie through rose-tinted glasses. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, let's talk about some favorite moments and uh, and or scenes. Uh, what what are some moments in this or some ideas in this film that jumped out at you, uh, Frank? I I love the callouts to like actual real superheroes. Right. Like, yeah. That like uh, that was one of the things I the first things I thought is like they have the audacity to just be like, yeah, like we all exist in the same world, not only as like Marvel heroes, but also DC heroes like they're like all, just all here. heroes. <laughs> yeah. Like we I, I grabbed lunch with uh, with Peter Parker, Mary Jane. They say a hi or something like that. Or and, and like, yeah, there's even a throwaway line at the end of the movie. It's like the Green Hornet was at like the birthday party. It's like nobody cares about or knows about the Green Hornet. <laughs> nowadays let alone in 2000 pre the uh because that was the one that what like seth rogan was in that movie yeah yeah playing the green hornet (laughs) yeah so um yeah like the i i admired the um the kind of approach to just like they don't care at all about running this through legal or if you know marvel uh, in a pre you know disney owned marvel or dc or anybody's going to sue these guys they were just like whatever we're just going to name drop all the superheroes <laughs> And, and like that's what I love too, especially because the first time they do it, I feel like, and then they obviously just keep moving. But I feel like it's just this moment where they're like, "What are you going to do about it?" Like all we did was say his name. Like we didn't mm-hmm. show him. Like you know, we didn't steal like the idea. And uh, but I, I, that was something. And they do it like a few times, but I definitely enjoyed that. Uh, going back to your comment too about the Green Hornet, like that is something. Watching this now, I understood that reference, and I went, "Wow, there's no way I understood that that was even a reference <laughs> to anything." Like I don't remember that being in the movie at all. Mm-hmm. 
but I definitely like I get it now. But that's just because, like you said, too, that that's because of the Seth Rogen movie. <laughs> yeah, it's like the most of what they talk about is like super. Everybody knows these superheroes. No big deal. And then, yeah, they, they throw in like that super rare deep cut like reference in there. <laughs> it's like, whoa, what? <laughs> And, and and like I also love that like they the there's the scene at the party where you actually get to see like some of the other heroes. Mm-hmm. And there's that one dude is literally just Mr. Fantastic. Like he just and he oh, yeah. even does the arm stretch like across the room. Like, but I like I love that he's just like they're just like, yeah, we're not gonna say his name, but this is just him. Like, yeah. like he's just in the movie, basically. Yeah. Yeah, it's it, like so much of this, um the especially kind of tipping off of uh of cameron's kind of like oh this doesn't hold up i was watching this and like just immediately comparing it in my head to those like that that like terrible fantastic four movie and the you know the 90s captain america movie and stuff like the ones that like got made just to keep hold of the licenses and stuff Mm -hmm. um that like everybody is like no those are bad movies and it's just like well those they they are bad movies but they're also like what people were looking for or expecting in that era um so this very much felt of of like that nature especially because this doesn't have like it can't hang its hat on these are all the superheroes you know it is trying to introduce like a you know a completely made up you know family and and mythos and whatnot but it is also like it, like I love that it's just brazenly like yeah superheroes just exist in this world and like you get superpowers by the time you're 14 um and that's just kind of a normal thing that like people know I guess um or it, at uh, least in yeah. the superhero community yeah. like the yeah, lore exactly. is known <laughs> yeah it's like Hogwarts um, though if you don't get in by that date you're out <laughs> yeah yeah you are you are uh, up uh, up the creek um yeah it was a like I, I I liked that 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 was just kind of a like it was a bold choice and I was like I I respect that I appreciate that that uh just yeah oh yeah I was just with P- Peter and, and Mary Jane they say hi and it's like oh yeah you're just you're just fully going on <laughs> and and uh, and what like Steel uh uh uh, sherman hensley's character steel Steel condor gone yeah steel condor um like lamenting that you know he was he was apparently doing it before superman and then superman (laughs) gets a publicist and suddenly he's the man of steel and it's like okay sure yeah you can throw that down even though like we've known superman from like the 1920s on or whatever sure (laughs) um i love that too because that's also when like the the dad uh bronze eagle is also then like oh come on dad like he does that thing like not this again like he's heard this like a million times already yeah like like, and probably so have these kids but that's why i just like i like that whole like moment like like, that's another one of my like favorite parts but yeah. that's why, like, I guess, like, that's why, like, one of my favorite things too is, uh, is like Sherman Hensley. Like, I think he does a great job. Like, but I mean, he was always amazing. Yeah, and I think, like, uh, one of the things I I liked is how, I, like, I like the ingenuity of of Scott basically trying to trick his family, and by doing it by like by pretending he's got super strength by like pre taking the door off the hinges, uh, and like nobody catches it. Um, but I appreciate that, like, as the foil to that. Um, Sherman Hensley is the one that like recognizes what's going on and knows that he's kind of faking it and it's all an act kind of thing. Um, I appreciated that like he saw through the ruse because um, yeah, the the thing I was thinking otherwise is like, well, clearly Super Smarts was not like 
throughout the rest of this family. Yeah. Uh, like the mom and dad just immediately are like, oh my God, he's got super strength. And oh my God, he can fly even though we can't see that he's flying or, or we're just like going off of like nothing else outside of like the desire and the want for our kid to be able to fly. And some rustling um, in a tree. Yeah, some rustling in a tree. Um, so yeah, it, like I was like, it's it was a clever way of like, trying to trick the family into how he's got these superpowers. Um, even if it doesn't like at all hold up, if your parents have any kind of like rational intelligence. <laughs> yeah. Um, what did you think of the, uh, of kind of the villain plot? Yeah. Like, I guess like it, it makes sense and it's not honestly like they even have like a terrible plan and it clearly works. Right. Like, I guess it's kind of like, it, it's definitely, that dumb like late 90s early 2000s like oh we're gonna make a software and it's gonna mind control everybody right like yeah nobody knows how technology works so we can get away with anything by saying it's technology (laughs) and it's like and it's gonna be on all the cds and we're gonna hand them out like every day or whatever and then i'm like i also love that they gave these kids like computers and like they're printing them cds with like a booklet like every day or whatever like yeah so much money goes into this operation just to get kids to like steal money out of their parents purse like yeah yeah the donations (laughs) that they're getting from their parents probably are not actually like funding the uh the the beta test uh (laughs) that they're doing uh, the production costs that's, that's all going into that. Uh, but yeah, like, I, I love the idea that, like, oh, what if, like, a what if those AOL demo discs, you know, thousand hours of internet or something that everybody had, had somehow also been, like, brainwashing people into, uh, uh, like, and I love that, like, it starts, it, it's, it's almost like Iron Man 3-esque in that, like, it's, it's the original intent was like, you know, better humanity and better the environment and stuff like that. Um, and it just immediately gets warped into something else. Um, but yeah, like the, the Kevin Connolly's character just coming in and, and like just completely oozing like evil mastermind type thing and just kind of mooching off this. And I love that. Yeah. It all boils down to like, Oh, well the girl really wanted to use it to like clean up the environment and stuff. And and he's like, yeah, but also we can get paid. (laughs) And and that's what I love. They like, not only the, probably one of the, I don't know if this is good or bad, I guess I'm, I'm going back and forth on it now that I'm trying to say it, but like he immediately tries to rob a bank. Like they see, the software works on kids and he's like, okay, day one test worked. Let's go rob a bank. And it kind of works. But then that guy like sneezes and the whole thing goes sideways. Like, yeah, that, that was, that was like, that was one of those where it was like, that wasn't really explained at all well. Because, uh, yeah, it is like because they later say, well, it was designed for children, not not adult brains or whatever. And it's like, OK, but it was working on adult brains until somebody sneezed. <laughs> what did the sneeze do that, like, snapped people out of it or whatever? Like, what? That was weird. Um, and, and, yeah, it was just like I almost th- like because of just how bad the sneeze was, I almost thought it was like the guy trying to sabotage the plan or something like that. And somehow mm. like the sneeze was the cue that was going to wake people up. But yeah, it was just, uh, that was clearly me putting way too much thought into the motivation of that <laughs> sneeze. Um, when it was really just, Hey, they need some kind of physical action that snaps these people out of this thing. Um, that we're going to later explain away by saying like, Oh, it's cause they've got adult brains instead of kid brains. <laughs> 
well, yeah and that's why like within like and i like that i get that it like it sets up like yeah he he doubles down on like he is the bad guy and then like they even set up like okay well right now it only works on kids like it sets all that up and you get to see some like prime for fighting like heroics side of it Mm-hmm. But but like I, I the the thing that messes me up about it though is that she's not immediately like well you tried to rob a bank like <laughs> like yeah. she's like is this eco activist like he doesn't eat meat like just wants to do all this good good in the world and she just doesn't mind that he tried to rob a bank she doesn't think he's evil she's just like yeah well I guess we do need money for this operation like yeah yeah she kind of is uh, like incredibly naive to everything and and continues to be largely throughout the movie um because like he also tries to blow her up and she immediately goes back and is like oh that wasn't a problem um that, that, so, that, yeah. was, that was one part i guess i i did think is still is funny is when she says to him like she's explaining he's explaining the plan to her of like i'm the building's gonna blow up and he's gonna come to save you and you'll put the tracker on him and she's like why me and he's like because we have to put the tracker on him like he's just like doesn't say anything he's just like no it's this needs to happen like yeah it was a it was it was certainly a choice um <laughs> yeah i mean but overall like i thought it, it was fine um uh like it it didn't it it didn't bother me as much as it seemed to bother cam going back to this but also cam probably was looking at it with like rose tinted glasses so seeing that like shattered a little bit um uh probably probably hurt things a, a tad um and then yeah especially just in the in the era we live now where we are in like a glut of superhero movies and and you know you've got and your pick of the litter um kind of coming into this and seeing like oh just generic superheroes um like 101 kind of stuff it's like eh, yeah doesn't does it i mean in that regard i will certainly agree that yeah it doesn't hold up but for what it was it's fine i thought um trying to think if there were if there were any moments that like in particular i was like oh my god this was just so egregiously bad that i want to i wanted to highlight it and like really there like there wasn't outside of i mean yeah some of those just like yeah this doesn't make any sense um what did you think of the uh the whole conceit of like their 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 weakness is aluminum foil i'm like i guess like cam brings up a good point that like they they don't well they i guess they do explain why they said it does something to their like biology or whatever like it messes with something inside them and they they they, like they lose their power like it messes with their version of like metachlorians yeah but like i guess he 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 brings up a good point i've never thought about even rewatching it now like yeah i guess they don't explain like why or where that comes from but i guess like i'm i'm okay with it like they they need a kryptonite and it's kind of funny that it is just this everyday normal thing like they even set it up immediately when he's just like oh my mom made you some bread and they're all they, like they act like it's a bomb like yeah and, it, and i didn't catch that it was the aluminum foil that they're reacting to at at first i thought it i thought i went with their thing of like oh they're like i mean i didn't think it was like they're allergic to zucchini or whatever i was like oh zucchini is their kryptonite that's a weird choice, but okay. And it's not until like later on when uh, when like the aluminum ball gets thrown in the in the cafeteria or whatever, and the brother like catches it, um, that it gets like fully explained. I was like, oh, okay. It was it was just the aluminum foil that they were responding to, not the zucchini bread. Um, but also like it it made me wonder. And it, so what I was kind of hoping we would see that I feel like 
even in the in the climactic battle i it either it, like if it was there i just completely missed it but like i was thinking oh because the sun uh, the scott isn't super powered he can break them out of the aluminum foil prison mm. because aluminum foil doesn't have that impact on him but they never really like like explored that idea yeah, because they definitely don't explore him, like, helping the family or freeing them. The only thing they kind of do is that she pretends to, like, tie him up with it. And he yeah. just goes along, like, like, oh, yeah, this hurts me, so that she can, like, kind of, like, get him out of there. Yeah, but how would she know it doesn't hurt him? Because <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I guess the idea there would be that, like, since he tried to save her earlier, she knows he doesn't have any powers, really. So I guess maybe she's just like, oh, he's clearly powerless. Like, yeah. It's again. That's that's we're putting we're we're putting way many, way more assumptions into the character than I think the the writing did of the movie. <laughs> um, but yeah, like that. I, I I so that's something I would have liked to have seen was like if they had really explored uh, like that he's not super powered, um, but he because he's not super powered, he also doesn't have that weakness, and he can help the family out of that jam um, as a result. But instead. Uh, he he kicks a soccer, soccer ball and finally gets that like goal that he was always trying to get <laughs> that I, that he could not nail earlier in the movie. That that is one of the things I remember from like when I was younger that I liked about it, and that's still one of my favorite parts of the movie is that it, they have that like the way they ultimately like win is like this Home Alone style like bubble wrap and like soccer balls like like. Yeah against like these clearly incompetent adults like i even remember as a kid being like wow these guys are super incompetent like <laughs> yeah yeah they they think bubble wrap popping is like gunshots just <laughs> like mowing down nothing uh yeah there was yeah that it was a it was a very weird group and then the 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 non super powered friend or whatever is going out there and and like yeah he's he's not affected by by the aluminum foil until he eats it and it it messes with his filling i thought that was a a nice little bit and and in that moment where like the kid was just going nuts and doing like all sorts of kung fu poses and stuff i was like okay this definitely seems like this is why this kid was acting and getting like these kinds of roles because he was willing to go out there and be goofy and do whatever um he's i think he's probably like a couple years earlier than shia labeouf but he seemed like he was basically as game as shia labeouf ended up being for a lot of that like weird outlandish kids acting type stuff I think that's like right on for him, especially because like even with the parts of them in like the van, like if you ever had those memories of like being a kid and like a carpool thing, like he's definitely like the one weirder kid who's always like just being like weird or like yelling about stuff. Yeah. Like and he, and he's he, the, he plays it he, great. Yeah. He's the one who wants to be Kato from from the Green <laughs> Hornet. Clearly a character I'm sure that actor had no idea about because <laughs> uh, there's no reason that he would have known anything about that. But yeah. Um, anything else you want to highlight, good or bad, from the movie? The only other one thing I guess that does come to mind is like it was really weird to see that uh, the bad guy was the E from Entourage. Uh, I had seen this movie as a kid, and since having not seen this movie in a long time, I've seen that entire series, and that is what I would obviously associate him with. So mm-hmm. this is this was just weird, like turning it on, and he immediately pops up in like the first two seconds, and I was confused. Yeah, yeah, we we meet like the villains and their master plan first as uh, before we dive into any of the superhero stuff. Yeah, yeah, and 
and what what I love about him ultimately is, I mean, he is a pretty good actor, so I think he does like a, a pretty good like skeezy kind of villain guy thing, and he I think he does the pretty good like coin flip thing of like being the skeezy bad guy, but then being really nice to people so that he's like he seems like the good guy, like when he's telling all those kids to like recycle. So yeah. like I like that moment where he's like and does the whole thing, the presentation. He's like telling people to recycle and pick up, and then. He does the thing where he's like, I hate kids. And then he just litters on the ground and they leave. Like, yeah. Like that's, that's just one of the other moments that I think is like a particularly like funny part of the movie. Yeah. Or I like, I like how they test out the brainwashing component of it by like, Oh, all of the kids are going to wear blue. And then who didn't do the homework? And it's the one kid in red. (laughs) That's what I love. And he's like, he's about to burst into tears. Like that actor was just like in that moment. Yeah, that that kid was probably like it was probably uh, super super uh, uh, method in that like they probably super outcast him all day on set. They didn't let him hang out with anybody else on the on the on the film. They just kind of like put him in that seat and was like, "You're going to be wear red, and all these people look down on you because you're wearing red." And he's just yeah, he's there heartbroken about it, but doesn't realize it's just because he didn't do his homework. Yeah, and he's basically in that moment that actor is just like, what homework? Like, what is this? It's like his actual nightmare. Yeah. And I love that the teacher, like, kind of catches on. Like, like she recognizes that it's weird that, like, all of the kids are wearing blue, but also she's oblivious. <laughs> well, so she totally, like, I feel like, I guess she ultimately probably is oblivious, but I feel like my thing on her is that she's, like, she realizes that they're doing something and it probably is bad. But it still helps her because I guess they're like programming it in there, like be nice or show up to class on time or whatever. Like, you know, mm, so yeah. I'm like, so I'm like, is it helping her in some way? And she's just like, you know what? I don't care. Like, I'm just going to let this happen. Like, and also she's not having to like assign homework, really. It's just do whatever the program tells you guys. I'm going to go home and drink. <laughs> yeah exactly like and then she's just gonna like do whatever while these superheroes run around out town and blow stuff up apparently yeah like i just don't get the read like i I, it's such a like they obviously established with the family like oh superheroes exist and everybody's aware of this and like the kids are fans of these like even the family that he has but then like i when they're in the in these school moments like do you ever feel like like superheroes are just running around outside like blowing stuff up like I mean, yeah, that, that that is like when they all get like paged at the party or something, and and it like has this montage of like everybody's different communication devices just being whatever random props they could find and throw on people's wrists. Um, there's there was a moment where I was like, yeah, why isn't anybody else responding to these things? Like, why isn't why is it only the central family that we're seeing like cover uh, events and and stuff like that? Why isn't it? why why aren't we seeing or why isn't anybody else at this party going to like deal with this fire which also like it was a lady in a burning building and the fire department is just standing outside not doing anything why yeah why was that a superhero necessary thing i'm with you i'm with you on that and then even the mr fantastic or whatever is legit just like oh this is 101 send the 14 year old kid he could do it like what like what this is also his birthday (laughs) yeah yeah Go have fun, birthday boy. <laughs> go go save go a save a woman building. from a burning building. Uh, we don't know if your powers are that you're fireproof or not, but go go have at it. Uh, yeah, um, and then yeah, he just bikes off, and it's like, yep, classic in over his head kind of thing. 
Um, I almost thought they were going to do a, a diehard reference when, because uh, they are climbing down on the, um, the fire hose uh, out of the fire. So I thought they were going to like, uh, it, when it was gonna, when it was coming loose, and it does come loose, I thought they were going to like swing back into the building or something like that. Uh, so I was mildly disappointed when instead the dad just shows up and like catches them before they fall to the ground. Just saves the day. Yeah. Um, I do. I there is another moment I do want to shout out was I love the dad taking the kid up for like the flying lesson, um, <laughs> and just being like, "No, I wouldn't drop you without warning. This is a warning, by the way." <laughs> and then he just drops him. Yeah, I, I love that. And then he, like, and then he, he immediately shows brings him to the soccer game, and he's all messed up. So I'm like, "You think he like went all the way to the ground? Like, he just fell? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, no. I, I mean, he well, he clearly had to have caught him before landing because otherwise the kid would have died and that's not right. shown he, up." He doesn't have game. superpowers. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. It was it was a you know it was a, it was a fine movie. I thought it was it was fun. Not a not a waste of a couple hours. Um, it was fine. I certainly don't ever need to watch it again. But um, it, it did not. I I do not have the uh, the the grievance toward it that I think Cameron did of um, thinking this was like you know, ruining that memory of his childhood or whatever. I definitely don't view it as negatively as he did, like, or at least, like, in hindsight. Like, I, I still am, like, I, it's hard for me to be like, oh, this is a great movie or, like, I recommend it or anything like that. But I don't think, like I said, I think there's much worse, like, movies and much worse, like, our Disney originals, too. And it's yeah. still, I still think it's, like, like you said, it's fun to revisit. And, then like, it's only, like, an hour, hour, like, 20 minutes. Like, so it's not even that bad, really. Yeah. All right, let's dive into the report card and grade the movie from A plus to F. Um, I, I think I'm going to give it kind of a, a solid C, uh, kind of across the board. It, it, like I said, it's not it's not a great film by any means, um, and certainly if like looking at this in the wider scope of like movie making, um, it would probably do less. But as as I usually do, I tend to grade like on a curve, and this is on the Disney Channel original movie curve, and this was a fine Disney Channel original movie. Um, I, I like that. It is, especially for the time in which this was made, I like that it's putting, like, an African-American family of superheroes out there. And, like, there's nothing in there. It, like, it's not, it's not about them being, like, an African-American family of superheroes. It's just about them being a family of superheroes that happen to be African-American. Um, uh, I thought that was, like, a... a cool choice um especially for 2000 when they very easily could have made this and and you know uh you know given just kind of the culture could have gotten probably more eyes on it if it had been a white family or something like that but um, i liked that it was you know um uh, robert townsend and sherman hensley and, and them um kind of playing superheroes how about you uh, th- that's something like I always appreciated about it too. Like uh, the, that I always like appreciated the, that kind of like spin on it, especially like you said, for the time um, overall, like I guess still even grading on the curb of Disney originals. Like I, I don't want to go too high on it, but I guess I'll go like, I think I would go like C plus C plus. Yeah. It's fair. Yeah. Like, cause I'm torn between C plus or B minus. And I think I'm just going to go C plus. Like, you know, like I think there's, I, like I said, like I've been saying, I think there is like way worse Disney originals out there, especially for how many there are. But like, mm-hmm. I think this is still just like a fun, fine time. Like it's not particularly amazing. Like it just kind of, you know, something you could throw on in the background, maybe, especially if you yeah. like want to revisit it. Yeah, and that's more or less what I did on this one too. I was I've been playing a lot of Witcher three, and so I had this kind of playing in the background while I was working on some other stuff. Uh, I think outside of the Witcher, and it was fine. Yeah, no, not like it. It 
it was not offensive to my sensibilities. It was uh, just it was it was a fine movie. Um, so extra credit if you like this. Uh, other suggestions that Disney Plus provided are Brink and Johnny Tsunami, which uh, those I will stand by. I don't think I would have thought of them in terms of like in the context of this, um, but those are. Certainly, uh, like, w- it'll, it'll probably be a little heartbreaking when we get to those movies and actually have to look at them uh, and not through <laughs> rose-tinted glasses because I will probably end up walking away from those feeling like Cameron did on this one. I, thought, I, I watched, I watched the, I love both of those movies and I definitely feel like I would stand by them. I haven't seen Johnny Tsunami since I was a kid, but I watched Brink like two years ago and I still think it was great. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, you also have Avalon High, uh, Gotta Kick It Up. A uh, couple movies I've not heard of Except anything of. Actually, I mean, pretty pretty much all of these I, I've not heard anything of. Uh, but Zapped came on, and uh, and I recognized from the, th- the thumbnail a young Zendaya. Uh, <laughs> so she's in that one. The Poof Point, uh, as we touched on, I think, also in Eddie's Million Dollar Cook-Off, and certainly in last week's um, Phantom of the Megaplex, uh, Halloween Town uh, pulls up in here. Classic. Um, Xenon. Uh, girl of the 21st century and uh it's not available on disney plus yet but it has a page dedicated to it so i'm throwing it on here sky high um which admittedly i still have not seen so i look forward to when when that comes to disney plus and we can do a a dedicated episode on it um uh because yeah it's but it's all around built around superheroes and all that kind of stuff so sky high of course will be a uh uh, an appropriate offering in the same vein of these. I can't wait for that because I love that movie since it came out. And all I could say too is it is the like way, way, way better version of this movie. <laughs> yeah, there was, I want to say it was a couple years ago at one of the kind of funny events. Um, I think like the hotel room of people that I was staying with, I think I was out doing an event or something at the time. So I was not there, but like I remember coming back to the hotel room and everybody had, had watched sky high. And so they were also like trying to figure out who everybody was in like the community and putting them in place of that film. Um, I don't remember who I ended up being assigned. I think you, you were the dad, uh, who is, uh, uh, Kurt Russell. Uh, I don't, no, you weren't. Was, you you I were think I was like the coach or something like that. Maybe? Yeah, you're the. I just yeah, you're right. You're because you're the coach, and he's played by the uh, the guy from the Evil Dead, whose name I can't think of right now. Bruce Campbell. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That you. Yeah. That 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 was you, and then that that like I think that's still super funny. Yeah. Um, we talked about it a little bit. Um, I know when uh, when I was out there for kind of our launch weekend we talked um and i know like jazz is super um a fan of that one as well as uh as logan so uh, i'm sure that when we when we eventually get around to doing the episode on sky high i'm sure it'll be a nice fun-filled uh and and a hearty that nerdy cast uh filled episode the first ever um, three-hour D- that d plus show yeah um uh in terms of extracurriculars uh anything else you're watching on disney plus these days and, and not particularly still like I'm, I'm terrible about watching things. So it's mostly the stuff for the show. And uh, so I guess just uh, watch up, up in a way, I guess. 
Yeah, I, uh, I I'm more or less in the same boat in that I've just like Disney Plus. Uh, apart from the things we're watching for the show, has not been uh, kind of the the focal point. Um, I I just finished watching like BoJack Horseman, for example, on Netflix, and and a lot of my time these days has been um, spent playing The Witcher Three because I'm still really enjoying hopping back into that game um, in in the wake of um, the uh, uh, the TV series or the the Netflix series. Um, but yeah, I, especially as we get later into this month, uh, you have stuff like the Clone Wars coming back. So I'm, I'm looking forward to jumping back into that. Um, so yeah, that's, that's going to do it for this week's episode of that D plus show. Thank you, Frank, for joining me to discuss up, up and away. Um, uh, we're sorry we couldn't get Cameron in here as well, but at least he provided his, uh, his kind of like preliminary thoughts or, or his his thoughts on the film as well uh you can follow frank at irrelevant jokes anything you want to shout out frank uh just check out i guess our youtube channel uh youtube.com slash that nerdy site uh, you may even already be listening to this podcast on there but i'll just there's a couple videos already on there and i'm working on some more and especially now once we go out to pack there should be a bunch of great content coming up on there yeah yeah we got uh our our PAX East 2020. There's going to be a ton of uh, stuff on the website, um, uh, including a lot of hopefully video um, kind of discussions and and previews on uh, the games we're playing at PAX East. Um, uh, you can follow me at Trevor J. Starkey, uh, and I will go ahead and shout out um, uh, in, in Frank's place, um, uh, Frank and Christian and Logan uh, went and saw Sonic the Hedgehog, and, uh, and this week's That Nerdy uh, that nerdy show is their spoiler cast reactions to the film. So uh, check that out. Uh, you can follow all of the latest from the site at that nerdy site. If you let, if you would like to be on the show uh, on that D plus show, you can go to that nerdy site.com slash D plus guest and fill out a little form there and let us know what Disney plus offering you'd like to chat about. And I will be in touch uh, on, uh, on getting that together and, and hopefully scheduling guests on here in the near future. Um, if you like what you heard, please like rate review, subscribe, share with your friends, all that fun stuff. As I said at the top, uh, this is, this show is entirely um, possible. Thanks to our Patreon community. So uh, if you can support, us on patreon at patreon.com slash that nerdy site you kind of help keep the lights for this show on so uh thank you for joining us as always stay nerdy and be good to each other class dismissed